DJ and PK, we are joined now by Sean Hyken, NBA reporter for Bleacher Report. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Sean, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. So we are curious now as we get into the uh, final month here, gearing up for the restart of the NBA. We have Joe Ingles on the show once a week. And uh, we mentioned him that some people, you know, with Bogdanovich out, didn't have high hopes for the Jazz. And he's like, who are those people? And then Quinn Snyder basically kind of echoed that sentiment in a Zoom press conference he did. So we're curious, as someone who uh, maybe can be a detached, neutral observer, if that's possible, but we'll assume it is. What do you think of the Jazz chances as you watch the NBA get ready to restart? I think the loss of Bojan Bogdanovic is pretty huge to them. I mean, maybe if they get the right matchup, they can win a first-round series. But without Bojan, I just, I, I just, I don't see them really doing much beyond that, unfortunately. How about if Mike Conley reverts to the Mike Conley of Memphis? I got to think that that increases their chances. Now, to what level remains to be seen, but I think that's something that maybe they can look to as something they haven't had so far, and maybe get a little bit more out of him. Yeah, absolutely. And you probably couldn't have gotten a worse first season in Utah out of him, it's just based on expectations and based on what you've done before in uh, Memphis and what you could have hoped you would have done going in. But, I mean, it, it's just, it's so, we have no idea what anybody is going to look like. But, I mean, I think the, the one saving grace for the Jazz is that this is just such a weird set of circumstances that everything is so up in the air. You can't really just look at this normally and say, okay, this guy was playing this well or this badly during the season, and that's going to translate over after all these guys have not played at all for four months during a pandemic. Like, this, it's just such an unprecedented set of circumstances that it's kind of hard to project anything. Now, speaking of Joe Ingles, has he officially said, because I know he has talked in the past about how he wouldn't want to play if they were starting the season. Has he officially said anything about that? I think he's going to play. Um, I think he's got his reservations, and, you know, it's a difficult situation with his wife pregnant and all that, but I think he's going to be in Orlando. When there there were all the phone calls going on, he was very definitive he was not on any of those group calls. Okay. I just remember. I just remember he was one of the first guys to come out and say that he wouldn't want to play if they were going to restart before they actually decided anything. So I was wondering if what the situation was with that. That's good to know. How about a skinnier Jokic in Denver? How do you think that's going to change things, if any? Well, I mean, I think the first thing we need to worry about with Jokic is whether he is able to recover from COVID nineteen, considering he's one of the guys that tests positive. So, assuming he recovers fully, which obviously we all hope is the case, and he doesn't have any lasting uh, side effects from it, and he's able to get over from Serbia back to Denver and then to Orlando. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I, my greater issues, I guess, with Denver. I mean, it's just it's kind of it's the same group that just kind of fell short of the playoffs last year. I, it maybe one more year experience is going to help him with with in this, but I, I think they're sort of. Uh, they're one of the teams. I still, I think they, I think they could make a run, but I, I still think they might be a year away. So when you say the Jazz could win a first round series, depending on the matchup, is it? Are you making the point that hey, we don't know what teams are going to be really sharp when they come back, or are there a couple teams out of the, or maybe one out of the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Nuggets, the Jazz 
match up much better or much worse against? I think it's more the former that we just have no clue. The Rockets are a team that I think are actually more dangerous coming out of this layoff just because James Harden is a guy that, oh, normally speaking, he is, uh, you know, he puts up these incredible numbers in the regular season and then he starts sort of burns out in the playoffs because when he's during the during the regular season, he's the guy who's like lead the league in minutes or, or is among the league leaders in minutes and just goes so hard in the regular season that he's just kind of burned out by the playoffs and he starts to wear down. Now you come come in with him being four months fresh of, of having not played all those games and having all those miles on him. That's gonna be you know, I think I think that's I think the Rockets are a team that could be dangerous because of that. So literally, home court advantage will not exist, obviously, with the situation in Orlando. So it boils down to matchups would take up much more precedent than anything as far as getting the home court. With that in mind, how do you think teams generally are going to take these eight games leading up to this postseason? It depends on what their situation is. I would imagine that a team like the Bucks or the Raptors or some of these teams where they're going to get their seed locked in probably pretty quickly. Like I, I don't, I can't imagine the Bucks have much reason to play Giannis or Middleton a lot of minutes during these seeding games. And it's probably the same thing with the Lakers with LeBron, especially with his age. And he had been so great this season that he, he kind of had this bounce back season as you know, they, I, I, you know, I feel like they, if they can lock up the uh, number, the, uh, the number one seed pretty early. They might just take it easy the rest of the way. But then, whereas at the bottom end of the spectrum, you're going to have some teams like Portland, New Orleans, Memphis, that whole group in the West, and then Brooklyn, Orlando, Washington in the East. Those teams, if those teams are still in it, they're going to be a lot more you know, playing their guys and not taking it easy because they can't afford to. How much does the loss of Avery Bradley hurt the Lakers? It, it hurts them, I think. We're going to find out a lot about Alex Caruso because I think he's going to probably step into that role. And, you know, Avery Bradley, the, the main thing he brought to them was the defense, especially his on-ball defense. And, you know, he's, he, he had been the guy that the Lakers would put on every team's best guard. And he had been doing great in that role. We will see if Alex Caruso can kind of step in and take some of that for him. I, I, I still think the Lakers are among the favorites in the – West, I, I don't, I don't feel definitively enough about them to put them above, you know, the Clippers, the Rockets, uh, any, you know, the, uh, any, any of those teams. But I think that uh, they could, you know, it, it's, it's going to hurt them. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, devastating. Portland could get back some guys that they haven't had all season with this long layoff and the extended version of it. Do you think that that can help them? Help who? Portland. It could. Uh, I mean, considering the, uh, you know what their situation was up front uh, the whole year, basically their only real center was Hassan Whiteside, and their only you know then you know they lost uh, Zach Collins three games into the season, and then uh, basically things got so bad really quickly that they just immediately they had to you know pull Carmelo Anthony off the scrap heap, and he's been great for them, but. You know him being the only guy that they had really at that position, and then but I think I think the loss of Trevor Reza, who obviously decided to sit out because of the family situation, I think that's that's something that I, I I'm still not sure how they're going to be able to make up for 
that. I mean, this is where not having Rodney Hood because of the torn Achilles really hurts them. But, I mean, I think Nurkic and Collins is definitely going to help. I wouldn't pick them. Let's say, I mean, let's say they do get in, you know, sneak into the playoffs at Memphis, which I could see happening. But I would not pick them to beat the Lakers in the first round as an eight seed. But I think they could make it a little bit competitive, maybe have it go six or something. Sean Hyken joining us, NBA reporter for Bleacher Report, uh, talking about the restart of the NBA. You know, I'm of the opinion if the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Bucks win this, it'll be it'll be viewed as an odd championship, but it won't really be held against the players in the way it will be if anybody else wins. And I think even the Rockets, I think it'll be viewed as a as a tremendous fluke and and kind of dismissed. Do you believe that? I think you have to, no matter who wins it, you're not going to just be able to talk about this as a normal championship just because the, the circumstances are so unprecedented. With that said, I don't think it makes it less legitimate. It just makes it different. Like, if anything, I almost feel like this is more impressive if these teams are able to come back from this layoff in the middle of a global pandemic and is ever able to just sort of get through all of this and be the last one standing. I think that is a feather in a deep cap. I would say it's definitely different. I wouldn't say it makes it less legitimate. So they're moving the draft back, what, until October, and obviously it already would have taken place. Do you see any advantages or disadvantages in that as far as evaluating players and making their selections when it comes to it? Well, the problem is there's just not any new stuff to evaluate guys on. This is such a weird draft, and I think a lot of teams are guessing just because they shut down the college season in March, and there's nothing new to go off of. Every All of the film that there is to watch on these guys has already been done, and they haven't been able to have guys to facilities and, and you know interview them in person. It's just been all Zoom stuff, so... Teams, I think teams across the board are going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage, and they're going to be, there's just going to be a lot of guesswork involved uh, for the draft. So I, I mean, it's this, there could be, just be a lot of weird stuff happening this this this, uh, this time around. So I, I, it's it's a pretty hard one to get a handle on. So what do you think, is, or have you heard, is happening to the salary cap, and what does this mean? for free agency, this wasn't supposed to be much of an offseason. The next one was supposed to be huge, but you got to figure the financial ramifications of this going forward are going to be felt next summer when, I don't want to say the whole league has turned loose, but basically the whole league has turned loose. Well, I think the thing that's really going to be the bigger indicator of that, obviously they're going to lose, they're losing a clear year this year. Let's say the best case scenario, they are able to get through this season without having to shut it down again. That's going to help. Things are going to go down. I think the thing that's going to be the more telling thing is what happens with the 2020-21 season. As of right now, it's supposed to uh, start around December 1st, maybe a little bit later into December. But given the pandemic and just given everything is so uncertain because of that, like that's going to be the greater indicator. If let's say things do settle down and they are able to, they have a vaccine by the end of the year, things sort of stabilize and they are able to start the next season in December and everything is sort of able to continue uh, like normal after that. They, you know, they might be able to bounce back financially, at least for the most part, but if they have to delay next season indefinitely because of the pandemic, then, then they might be in trouble again. Do you think that any point the the social justice stuff that's going on and the unrest would overshadow the actual games? 
I mean, that's kind of the point. The players, some of the players had the uh, reservations about it because they didn't, you know, because they didn't want the games to overshadow the movement. So I think they're going to do everything they can. I mean, you've already seen a couple of things. They're going to be putting Black Lives Matter uh, on the court. Players are going to be able to have slogans on their jerseys. I think that stuff is kind of surface level. That's not really the kind of change that they're fighting for, but it's certainly going to keep it in the conversation. Yeah, but don't the games produce enough drama, even in a situation without fans and we're going to care who's winning and losing, that in those moments it's going to be about the basketball. It may not be on the off day in between, but in the fourth quarter it's going to be about the basketball. Yeah, probably. I just I have, I have no idea how any of this stuff is going to work any more than anybody else does, but it's going to be really interesting to find out. You know, we saw LeBron didn't have the postseason last year, and he's getting up there. And I'm wondering how much that actually benefited him because he's just had a marvelous season, and particularly when you consider his age. What's he, 35, 36? Even if he was 10 years younger, it still would be marvelous. So in my mind, now that he's had some more time off, I can argue that he's going to be obviously rested. So I'm expecting him to just be a ball of fire and just, I don't want to say roll through it, but really be at the top of his game. I think he's going to be highly motivated to do that, and I definitely agree with you that having the early end of his season last year uh, helped things this year. Because remember, it's not even just last season, but the year like he had been to the finals eight years in a row before last year, and he had uh, had a couple of Olympic runs in there too. So he had just basically had zero time off for the last eight years. So having this extended layoff last summer. Definitely. I mean, you, you saw kind of what it did, did to him this year where he was one of the candidates for MVP. I think if anybody it, – it, it, it's hard to tell how anybody is going to react to this long layoff because you don't know which guys have gyms in their home, which ones don't. LeBron, it's pretty clear that no matter where LeBron is, he I – mean, there's been a – Maverick Carter said at a conference a couple of years ago that LeBron spent $1.5 million a year on his body just in terms of – different massage therapies and just different other treatments that he gets in order to keep his body in shape. I can't imagine that really changed because of the pandemic. So LeBron's going to be, you're going to, there's going to be different guys who maybe come in out of shape or come in rusty. I don't think that's going to be the case with LeBron. Will Kawhi Leonard still do load management in Orlando? I mean, they're, they're only going to have one back to back and I would guess he probably doesn't play on the back to back, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know where he's at physically either. It's not a load management thing. He actually does have knee issues where the team doctors say, "Hey, you can't uh, do this. Uh, you know, you can't you can't play on back to back. You have to kind of watch your minutes." I do think that because there's been this long layoff, guys. We have seen guys have said they're worried about soft tissue injuries. They might take it a little bit easy in the regular season, especially because the Clippers are one of the teams they are not really in danger of falling out of one of those high playoff seasons in the West. So we might see him take it a little bit easy in the regular season. But once they get to the playoffs, I think it's probably going to be fully, you know, everything's going to kind of be as normal. But, I, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think they've said anything about that yet. He's Sean Hyken, NBA reporter for Bleacher Report. Sean, that was rapid fire, man. We covered a lot of ground there. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sean Eichen, you read him at Bleacher Report covering the NBA. DJ and PK. You know, PK, he said one thing in there that uh, used a phrase that I used last night that I got lit up. And when I got lit up for it, I thought the only other person who would have done that to me is PK. I didn't hear you ask him, are we having seconds? 
Thanks for that, PK. <laughs> we'll get to the phrase next. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Brooklyn Nets guard Spencer Dinwiddie and center DeAndre Jordan tested positive for COVID-19. Jordan says he will not play in Orlando while Dinwiddie has not opted, opted out yet. The NBA and the Players Association are planning to paint Black Lives Matter on the court inside both sidelines at all three arenas with the legal use of the Walt Disney World Resort when it resumes the season next month. Toronto Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet said the decision to play in the NBA restart was tough for him, but he will be in Orlando. Quoting, it sucks, it's a terrible timing, but that's been 2020 for us. We all know the right thing to do is not to play to take a stand. Morally, yes, that makes sense, but life goes on. We're all young, black guys. None of us want to give any money back. I don't think we should. I think that money can be used in a number of different ways. That's your back-to-basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. If our entire country shut down social media for one month, how much of these problems would clear up? Wow, we're turning into get off my lawn guy right now. I would love to see a world that takes a month off of social media. That's how I want to make America great again. Blow up Twitter and Facebook. I have the FBI on line seven. Oh, I didn't mean literally. I just meant like not use it is what I meant. Well, I'll play it back and we'll see what you meant. No, don't. No, no, no. Don't play it back. <laughs> That's how I want to make America great again. Blow up Twitter and Facebook. Did you drop a sound effect? Do it again. Blow up Twitter and Facebook. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK. Brought to you in part by ARUP Blood Services. The 4th of July weekend will be busy on the road, and ARUP wants to be ahead of the game. Hans and Scotty G will be at ARUP and Sandy on Thursday, broadcasting live from 10 to 2. ARUP is open from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Love to see you there. Visit utahblood.org for all the details. Assuming that there's going to be tragedy on the 4th of July weekend, I guess they have the stats to back that up. Seems a tad sad going into it, but I guess they've got years of stats to back that up. All right, DJ and PK, we just had on Sean Hyken, NBA reporter for Bleacher Report, and we were talking to him about the restart of the season. If you're counting it down, it is literally one month from today. One month from today, July 30th, the Jazz and the Pelicans will tip it off, and then the Lakers and the Clippers after that. If you missed Sean Hyken, it's already up online, 1280thezone.com. You can hear the... Uh, Hear our talk with him running through all the NBA storylines. In the middle of that, he was talking about a global pandemic, PK. And uh, I was talking to my son last night, and I said, global pandemic. And he went off. It was such a you thing to do. Global pandemic. Why do people say that? Of course, it's global. That's why it's a pandemic. Otherwise, it's an epidemic. Pan. World. Pandemic. And so when he kind of said, so is that a little bit like saying the uh, bases loaded Grand Slam? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Editing me on the fly. So stay away from global pandemic and bases loaded Grand Slam. You got anything else from the Department of Redundancy Department? 
Anything else that needs to be avoided? Eliminated? It's a global pandemic. The thing that passes for controversy. Thing, the thing that passes for controversy in the James household. There it is. That wasn't controversy. That was just uh, me getting a lecture. There was no controversy. That was just me getting a lecture. <laughs> See? And again, the lecture. The lecture, you lost the point. You just remember being lectured. It's true. No, I think Stop I remember. Stop lecturing us. I remember global pandemic. Nobody wants to be lectured. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> but I got it anyway. I don't know what the definition of pandemic is. So for me, I didn't know that that was redundant because I honestly, I don't know what, the, I never used the word pandemic. I don't know that I even knew the word until this situation came about. So I can't say that that's redundant because I didn't know the definition of it. I didn't know that it could be if it could be localized, regionalized, uh, centrally located to an individual country. So I honestly did not know that that was redundant. So I would have been able to be okay with it because it didn't register with me that it was that way. Well, now I know. I learned the hard way. The global pandemic news, he says not really learning. Well, now I know too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there's a little Pac-12 pandemic news, and that is the University of Arizona pausing its plan to bring athletes back to campus. Uh, they got a surge of coronavirus cases in Pima County, but uh, even though they've only had one out of 83 athletes, that's awfully good. I think Arizona athletes <laughs> behaving themselves, being careful and washing hands and masking up and whatever else you got to do. They've been doing it, apparently. Only one case out of 83. But you were saying this isn't really about the University of Arizona or about Pima County. Yeah, the state has gone back uh, on somewhat, I don't know if you would call it a lockdown or what have you, but no restaurants, no gyms, uh, that type of thing, for 30 days. So it's going to be shut down for 30 days. And then, of course, those who are inclined to be of the Democrat way, they're screaming from the rooftops because the governor's a Republican. And so we've got to deal with all that stuff. Now, I don't know anything about any of this stuff, but ultimately, isn't it about the mortality rate? Uh, yes. I mean, ultimately, I can't say, no, it's not about people dying. That sounds like a terrible take. So I'll go with yes. I think the second thing they're concerned with in Arizona is the, uh, how many hospital beds they have, which ultimately would play into the mortality rate if you don't have the hospital beds to treat everybody. But I read that some of the hospitals in Tucson were already full. I don't have any idea about Phoenix. Um, so yeah, I think ultimately the mortality rate, yes. But I think there's multiple things they're watching. How many people in the okay, hospital? What normally is the what is what normally is the occupancy rate of uh, hospital beds in Tucson? Don't know. But I think they look at the number of people who are getting sick exactly. and figure what percentage <laughs> of those are going. I know, but they do know. I mean, I assume the people running the health system and the government in Arizona know. I don't know, nor am I going to. Um, but they're trying to look at what percentage of people have it, or what percent, how many people have it, what percentage of those are going to need hospitalization, and what percentage are, you know, what's the mortality rate ultimately going to be. And if you run out of hospital beds, then the mortality rate would jump. So regardless of what it is now, I think they're trying to gauge it by how many ICU beds are left. But pff, no idea. Can't help you there. Have to leave that to the experts. I don't want help. 
<laughs> you don't want help? I'm just going to do my thing. Okay. I don't need help. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't. No, I, no, I don't. No, I'm going to do my. I, what do I need help for? Help somebody who needs help. What do I need help for? Well, as long as you don't test positive, you don't need help. But if you got really sick, then you would. And I guess it's the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Is right. it going so to? So why it's got help everybody. me? <laughs> <laughs> so far, but who knows what next month holds? That's my the, whole point. Other than the return Go, of the NBA. Whether there's a virus or not, how would I know what next month holds? You wouldn't. You, you tell wouldn't. me. How would I know? I could be dead next month or something else. <laughs> An yeah. encouraging thought That's if there the ever thing. was one. No, I don't need help. I don't take that flippantly. There are people who... People need help. I'm not one of them. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. I'm I'm one of the blessed ones, actually, when you think about it. I got a lot of things going right. And there's a lot of folks who don't have things going right, and they need help. And so help those people. Sure, yeah, I get it. Absolutely, they're the ones. That's this whole movement that's been going on in this country is I don't need help. I'm fine. Let's help those who need help. That's the whole point. Let's really, really help them. Let's just talk about it and come up with catchy slogans and whatnot. Let's find ways to help them. Yes. That's precisely what I'm saying. Don't lecture me about what I should be doing. Tell me what you're doing. That's what I want to know. What are you doing to help people? I know what I'm doing. What are you doing? I think that's that's the way to go about this, man. In my opinion, but that what am I? I'm just one dude. What do I know? I can't solve anybody's problems. I can't even solve my own problems, let alone somebody else's problems. Uh, you might be able you to solve You know what I'm saying, Dave? Yeah, I know what you're saying, PK. But I think that you might be able to solve somebody else's problems, or at least one or two of their problems. And somebody might have 100 problems. How so? How so? In what way? You can how so you can mentor yeah. somebody. I mean, you're, you're an ideas guy. You've always been well, an ideas guy. Well, your wife's a teacher, so presumably she's helping people learn, which can help you solve problems. You learn, you come away a better person. Okay. I mean, she's out there teaching uh, health and physical education. I've been trying education. to mentor you for years. I know, and I've gotten better. I don't say grand slam. Yeah. I don't say bases loaded grand slam nearly as often <laughs> as I used to. See, that's a little step forward right there. It's a little thing. And I'm going to ease off on the whole, whole global pandemic. I'm lazy. I could just say pandemic. Uh, just like I could say grand slam. I like global pandemic. Well, I guess now that I know, and I honestly did not know, I honestly did not know that global pandemic was a form of redundancy because it's nothing that I've really read up on. So I've learned something. She jumped me the other day, and I didn't even know that I was doing this. And it really just it, it got under my skin. She told me that I say also too, and that's redundant, and I must cease and desist. <laughs> Whenever there's a conversation and there's a pause in it, I just heard somebody do this. In an interview, actually, uh, on something, I think it was, a, I think it was a, an interview after one of the golf tournaments. I can't remember which one. And there was a pause, and someone said, "Yeah, no," and then they went on with what they were thinking. And how, how do you do that? Yes, no. I, there was a pause. There was no question. So, what are the yes and the no in reference to? And shouldn't there only be one of them, not both of them? And I bring this up because. My dad would do it all the time, and it would just crack me up. Now, the global pandemic actually irritated uh, 
my son, and the the bases loaded grand slam. You you have the you have the fake irritation thing, so you can never really tell if it's like eighty percent irritation, twenty percent comedy, or eighty percent comedy and twenty percent irritation. Depending on the day, it could be either one. Uh, but with my dad, it was just one hundred percent comedy. It cracked me up, and he literally didn't know he was doing it. And I'd start giggling. He's like, "What?" I said, "You just yeah, no." And I hadn't even asked a question. We've been riding in the car quietly for two minutes. You know, sometimes you just lapse into your thoughts and you're not, you know, you're a 30 minute drive. You're not talking for literally every second of it. And uh, <laughs> he would do that. And he really? I didn't know that. And then, you know, a week later, he'd do it again. It was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, no. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's what? That's quite the statement. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. I mean, that, that seems to be an oxymoron. Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, it's whatever no, he's mulling over in his mind. In his mind, right? Yeah. But even still, but even still, yeah, no. I mean, that's <laughs> it. Doesn't that seems sense. like a direct contradiction to whatever it is you're discussing by saying that? I think in his mind, he'd, we'd been discussing a point often, and sometimes it could be a point from three days ago. You know, and three days it, ago. Yeah. Oh, you never knew. You never knew with him, you know, and it could be something that I thought this young left handed pitcher, you know, he thinks he's going to be good. And I think he sucks. I, I don't know. It, Randy Jones quarterback. <laughs> I know everybody thought he was great. Okay. <laughs> Randy was on the pedestal. <laughs> uh, it could be whatever player the charges had drafted or the, the sophomore quarterback, the Aztecs. It didn't matter what it was. And he, he would slowly be coming around. And so I think the yeah was. I'm agreeing to your point. No, it's not going to be what I thought. But what came out was, yeah, no. <laughs> okay. That's a strange way to <laughs> articulate, I, I guess. I agree. It always cracked me up. But he did it. Anyway. One of the things that bugs me when people say maybe, maybe not. Well, if it's maybe, then it's... <laughs> right? yeah. may, it, it, by definition, it's maybe not. So I don't need the maybe not, because if I got maybe... You've already got maybe not. It's assumed. Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah, it has to be. Once you say maybe... Well, then, yeah, it, by definition, it, it also is maybe not. I've been contemplating something here with this, and this is a serious topic, uh, this defund the police. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but if you take it to the extreme and eliminate the police, could you imagine what TV newscasters would do? Because I'd say at least 25% of the words they utter is police say. I think it would come out uh, in the most extreme case, uh, city peacekeepers say. (laughs) (laughs) Local volunteer police something. No, not local. No, the word security. Yes. Yes. Security. Local security officials. Local neighborhood watch official says. Well, that would be cumbersome, man. It would be. It's so much easier to just go police say. <laughs> so that, you know, I I sit at home and, and ponder things that just uh, make me fret. And, <laughs> and that was one of them. You know, what am I fretting about there? Police say you, you watch any local newscast. I mean, my gosh, so much of it is police say. And and if they can't say that, man, they're screwed. What are we going to do? Things you are pondering now, 855-340-0. Random <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> why, did, why did my late father say, yeah, no? Why do I say also too? And I have to admit that I 
did not realize that I ever did that. And she brought that up the other day because I was making fun of her. And she says, oh, yeah? Well, you say also, too. (laughs) (laughs) I can totally see your wife saying that. That's hilarious. And I said, I do? Yes. And that doesn't make any sense because also is, too. That's T-O-O, obviously. So why do you say that? And I say, I said, well, I have really no good answer. And I honestly do not recall ever saying that. But she said, well, you do. And I said, well, if you recall it to that level, it's got to be true. Even though I did not realize that I was doing it. And so I've, I've got, see, I've got stuff I've got to work on. A lot of people think that I think I'm perfect. And uh, I'm right a lot of the time. And I do have a high degree of perfection. But also, too, is something that I vow to work on. Yeah. <laughs> During this global pandemic. What are you going to work? What's more important, getting that ironed out or becoming a scratch golfer? Oh, I'll never be a scratch golfer. So I'm going to this. I can eliminate also, too. I can be perfect on eliminating that. So I'm going to go in that direction. All right. Can you get it down? So 75, get your handicap down to three. No. 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 Unreachable now. Oh, yeah. I'm not that good. Get out of town. All right. Let's go to the phones and Riley. Riley, good morning. Hey, you know, I just, uh, as you were talking about also, too, and global pandemic, <laughs> if you could help me spread the awareness. Okay. It's not a hot water heater. It's just a water heater. <laughs> hot water. <laughs> just a water heater. That is and excellent, Riley. Hot water heater. <laughs> a hot water heater. <laughs> Thank you, Riley. We'll work on that. Hot water heater. <laughs> It's a water heater. Of course it's making the water hot. It's a water heater. It's a hot water heater. Oh, with the emphasis on the word heater, but heat indicates warmth. (laughs) It sounds like he's in the business. (laughs) Uh, That pipe isn't piping in hot water into the water heater. It's not a hot water heater. Yeah, you take the water from the tea kettle after it's boiled, you put it in the water heater, and then you heat it up. I know that I haven't been aware of that, but now that is something that is most definitely on the radar, and I am going to listen for that when it comes up. I don't think it comes up a lot, but when it does come up, I'm going to be paying attention to that and notice if Riley is correct. And a lot of folks do say that because obviously that's stupid. Are you going to try to uh, try to bait your wife into saying it? So start some conversation about it, trying to get her to say it, so you can strike back for the also two conversation. Are you including? You accusing me of entrapment? No, I wasn't accusing. I was questioning if you would do it. I didn't say you well, did do it. What the insinuation that I was going to? I was curious if you were going to. I don't know that you're going to. No, I- she's my sweetheart. <laughs> I put her on a pedestal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> So I'll take that as a yes. How many times have I told you of all the things that I know how to do, treating women the way they deserve to be treated ranks right at the top of the list? Now it's break time, Yach. Go ahead. (laughs) Fire off the commercials. Holy cow. All right, DJ and PK, we got Josh Newman, University of Utah beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Coming up at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Plenty to talk to him about as we, uh, as we see the, uh, the Utes, a basketball recruit coming in to replace the one they just lost. Uh, how's that going to play out? 
what has he heard, if anything, about Morgan Scally? It's been all quiet on that front for a while. I don't find that surprising. I kind of thought it had to go this way. Uh, and also, uh, they've got the three-star running back coming in out of Tampa. Uh, we can talk to him about football recruiting as well. We'll talk with uh, Josh Newman, University of Utah beat writer for the Tribune, coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK reminding you to join the big show at the warehouse on Thursday from 2 to 7 at 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go! Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go! Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. PK, there's a story out on Iowa football. A former running back who was pretty good for them, Akram Wadley, ran for like 2,800 yards over four years. But now he says, uh, playing for the Hawkeyes, the quote is, was a living nightmare. And he goes into uh, how he felt demeaned and abused to the point of needing psychological help. Um, uh, whether the, con- the strength and conditioning coach has already been uh, let go, but he called out uh, the head coach and the offensive coordinator. The head coach, Kirk Ferentz, has been there a long time. Uh, Brian Ferentz is the offensive coordinator. And uh, it was, I mean, the, all the details are, uh, are bad, but I think the, the, phrase playing there was a living nightmare and he issued a strong statement recommending high school athletes not go to Iowa now I think this ties into Utah on several levels one uh, the the running back in Tampa that uh, gave the verbal commitment over the weekend it was Iowa Utah Florida State West Virginia Pittsburgh so literally the Utes have been recruiting against him but I think this also goes back to what we were talking about um, with uh, the issue around uh, the the text and Morgan Scally and his suspension, the investigation, the investigation's got to be a deep dive. If they're going to keep him, and it would be easy to have let him go by now, if they are going to keep him, they have to make sure that there isn't a player out there who feels about him the way Akram Wadley feels about Iowa. Because after you clear somebody and say, okay, that was a problem, that wasn't good, here's the steps we've taken, now here's where we're going to go going forward, you don't want someone to come out and say something like this and be right back in the middle of it again. Okay, so we're just going to assume that every time there's an incident between a white coach and a black player that it's racial. Every time? No, probably too strong. Right. So I think that it's a bigger issue in the manner of which coaches treat players. I mean, we have to view everything has to be racial these days. I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, but how do I know that there aren't white players at Iowa who feel the same way? There Maybe could there be. There could be. We haven't heard from them yet, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we won't hear from them tomorrow right. or next week. And maybe this is 100% racial. But I'm ju- my point is we can't jump to racism every time, all the time. We have to investigate 
everything. And maybe this is. And absolutely, if it is, and there, it's a widespread deal, as you said, the strength coach is already gone. Maybe this, uh, this coach. Uh, so there was one story in here that made me think it was. And that was very well could be when um, one of the uh, deals in here is when uh, Wadley. I'll, I'll read it to you. Wadley alleges that Brian Ferentz, son of Kirk Ferentz, and an Iowa assistant since 2012, repeatedly asked him if he planned to rob a liquor store, a gas station, whatever. Whenever he saw Wadley wearing a Tim issued wool cap. Yeah, and that yeah. So, if he's if he didn't have a relationship with him to the point of joking, then. You know, I have to investigate it. You've talked about how you worked with on jazz broadcast a Caucasian and an African American, and they would joke. Yes. They so what a, is? They have a great relationship, and right. so they could say stuff that if you didn't know, well, not even if you didn't know them, because I knew them. If you didn't know them well, and if you didn't know the history of their relationship, what Pace and Thurl would say would have been out of bounds. But given right. the depth and length of their relationship, it was just hilarious. But for two other people or anybody walking up hearing it, man, eyebrows would have been raised. I mean, my word, the first time I heard it, and I, I didn't know them well, but I knew them both. But then you find out, okay, I'm sitting here talking to two guys who have a 20-year relationship. And that stuff happens. I don't know what this stuff is here. On the surface, doesn't sound good at all, obviously. And... Uh, Jobs may be lost in this situation. But the point is, everything has to be researched. We just can't take something and judge it immediately and slap a label on it. And as far as it relates to Utah, yes, I, I've had people ask me, what do you know? What, what's going on? I only know what you know uh, because they're going to do their investigation, and I would think that it would be – concluded by the start of the season whenever that might be and then they'll make their ruling and it'll be out there so it's not anything that i'm calling on right now to find out this or that because let them do their work and we'll all find out it's like when morgan said well the media doesn't know because they're not there at 5 30 on a thursday or a tuesday at 4 30 in the morning no we're not but we get to see what happens on saturday and ultimately that's all that matters is uh what happens on did you win or lose and that's the way they're judged and with this thing here i don't feel any need to start probing around because we'll find out i mean we'll literally find that they're not going to keep it a secret you know their their findings are going to be made public obviously so i'd rather search on some stuff that isn't going to make be made public and find stuff out that way as opposed to something that is going to be made public why waste my time trying to find that out because It'll, we'll all know in the end anyway. But, yeah, I agree with you that they have to be thorough and can't get caught. I don't know what the word would be if caught is even the right verb. I was going to say shorthanded or with your pants down or whatever. You can't look stupid after you've come out and did the research. You've got to make sure that it's conclusive. We all agree with on that. All right, DJ and PK, we'll talk with Josh Newman, University of Utah beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Next, stay with us.